It's time once again for the Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg. Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. Passion for what you do is important, up to a point. We'll look at that in our Thought of the Day. And in our interview segment, Carrie Wilkerson shares some powerful thoughts on success as a home-based entrepreneur and as a human being. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. We often hear the advice to follow your passion and the money will come. Yes, but not completely correct. Don't get me wrong. It's great to have passion for what you do. It's important to have passion for what you do. But if you don't find a way to connect that passion with both a skill set and a marketplace for that which you're passionate about, you're simply going to have a very passionate hobby. And while hobbies are wonderful, they tend not to result in earning a good living. So whatever your passion is, and assuming you're very proficient at delivering on that, you must make sure to develop and cultivate a market for it comprised of people who will willingly exchange their money for the magnificent value you're providing. One excellent benefit of being passionate about what you do is that it makes it easier to put in those long and often lonely hours that it takes to be the success you want to be, as well as lasting through all the no's and rejections you'll receive along the way. And it's no coincidence that many of the wealthiest people were far more interested in what they were bringing to the world through the creation they were passionate about than they were about the money they were or would be receiving. And of course, the money did follow. Lots of it. But it wasn't passion alone. It was the connection between passion, competence, and a marketplace that saw its value. And not always right away, but eventually. And that's where the passion of the entrepreneur was so important. But what if you really don't have a passion right now, but you need to make money? Sometimes the only thing you need be passionate about is the opportunity itself either because you have no other choice or because, based on your unique situation, you feel that doing the thing you might not be passionate about right now is still your best available option. Interestingly enough, there are many times when you'll develop that passion while you're building that success. Our guest in the next segment, Carrie Wilkerson, experienced that herself as she shares with us some of the most profound success principles we'll ever hear. That's coming up right after this. Let me ask you, would you like to become objection-proof? Would you like to close sales gentler, easier, and more effectively than ever before? Would you like to never again have to discount your prices? Would you like to learn the one thing that motivates every human being to action and the only reason why people ultimately buy? Do you want to more effectively than ever before communicate the exceptional value that you provide to your customers and clients? If you answered yes to these questions, then what you want is to learn how to sell the go-giver way. If you'd like to dramatically increase your ability to influence and sell, then check out my one-hour audio program, Selling the Go-Giver Way. For more information, click the link in the show notes.
Carrie Wilkerson considers herself to be a small-town girl who is able to think beyond the city limits. I call her an American success story, a fantastic human being, a great friend, and one of my all-time favorite people. And I've gotten the opportunity to watch her four wonderful children practically grow up on Facebook. Carrie, known throughout the world as the Barefoot Executive, is a best-selling author, an international speaker, an award-winning podcaster, and a sought-after radio and television guest, having been featured on CNN and Fox Business News and many more. She was named by Forbes as a top small business influencer. She's also consulted marketing and launch teams of Dr. John Maxwell, Zig Ziglar, Google Small Business, and other influential business leaders on business strategies and current trends. However, Carrie mostly enjoys helping us ordinary people to lead extraordinary lives. Her book, The Barefoot Executive, is a must-read for any entrepreneur. Join her Carry On community and learn about her podcasts, speaking, coaching, and all the all the wonderful things she does by visiting her website, CarrieWilkerson.com. That will be in the show notes along with other links. Welcome, dear friend. Hello. How are you? I love getting to speak with you. I love it. I just wanted to clarify. You said I consulted with marketing launch teams. I wanted to make sure people didn't hear that I insulted them. That's a very different thing and a whole different group of people. So I did not insult those. You know, I would find it hard (laughs) to believe that you would insult uh, anyone. (laughs) It's it's rare. It's rare. Sometimes Sometimes my filters slip up. I try. I try to be good. I try. You are. Hey, so you are, you're known as an entrepreneur who shows others how to do the same, but that wasn't always the case, right? You're a former uh, corporate clock puncher, if you will. You're a a former high school teacher, so forth. What, uh, what began your entrepreneurial career? Well, you know, I, I could point all the way back to childhood, even though I never thought I was entrepreneurial. Um, I was always like a top fundraiser Mm -hmm. when we had to raise money for stuff at school. I was a little competitive, but also my family didn't have a lot of money. So if I wanted to go on school trips or if I wanted to, you know, have some of those cool prizes or whatever, I mean, I... I knew how to make that happen. Mm. So I I really did connect the dots early on that my results were tied directly to my efforts. And I think Ooh. maybe that's a huge key a lot of people are missing. Um, they think their results are tied to their circumstance or uh-huh. tied to their employer or tied to whatever. And I just saw early on, you know, I can make things happen. And it's, it's up to me to make things happen. So... Um, I, I bagged groceries in high school and college for tips only. And so I guess you could call that entrepreneurial Absolutely. or results driven. But um, I did work in the mortgage loan industry. I worked in the government sector. I worked in the private sector. I taught high school. I did a little bit of all of it. And um, just bottom line, what started my entrepreneurial journey is that I adopted two siblings from foster care. And Um, instantly everything changed. Instantly nothing else was important. And instantly I said, I have to make money from home because I need to be here with them. Mm. Now, that's not a statement, Bob, that I think every mom belongs at home. I'm not that girl. I feel like every family has to make that choice for themselves. Mm. But I'm telling you, this situation was these two kids coming from foster care, being confused about who was mom, being confused about what was permanent, being confused about uh, day to day. And I made a choice to be their mom. Mm-hmm. 
and needed to provide a, a lot of stability for them. And I really didn't feel like being gone 10 hours a day would serve them well. Right. So I stepped away from what I did, even though I loved it. And, uh, but I needed a paycheck. Mm-hmm. I did not create a business because I was passionate about business or had a big idea. I really did need to just kind of cover my paycheck so that I could shift my priorities. Okay. And now is that what you mean about um, by connecting the dots between your why and your do? You did what you had to for a specific reason? I did what I had to, not because I was passionate about right, it or right. not because, I mean, I really, I really would have loved to just immerse myself in them 24 hours a day. I had longed hmm. to be mom. And so... I had waited a long time for that. and But the fact is I needed a paycheck. So they were my why, and I was determined to do whatever it takes. And that's another key. If I can say, you know, second point of our interview is number number one is our results are tied to our effort. And number two is at some points in your life, you just have to do whatever it takes. Okay. Now, so, so we'll play the devil's advocate here. Someone says, okay, Carrie, I, I get that. And uh, you you made that shift. You started your own your own business at home. But you know I, I don't have the time, the money, the energy. Uh, you know I I have kids and and still have to work and and dot 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 and dot dot dot. What, what right. Do you, what do you say to them, Carrie? Um, I say that's when it goes back to we do whatever it takes. And what my kids would immediately pipe up and say is, uh, here she goes again. This is where she's going to say short-term sacrifice equals long-term gain. Uh. And, and I absolutely believe that. Um, I don't necessarily believe there is a work-life balance or even a life-life balance. My college kid right now is a little tired of me saying, you can do this for a short period of time Mm -hmm. and relax later. Um, But, you know, my last semester of college, I took 27 hours and worked and commuted two hours. So I believe short-term sacrifice is long-term gain. And we can do hard things, but we have to get over ourselves and get over our entitlement and realize that a little less sleep will not kill us. Mm-hmm. Um, a little more hustle will not kill us. And if we're working effectively, we can juggle full-time parenting and a job and a side hustle and those things. It depends on what your ultimate goal is. Now, if your ultimate goal is just to have a little bit of extra money, you'll never make it work. That's not a big enough goal. It's not It's not enough to get you out of bed in the morning or to get you off Netflix. It's just not. You have to have something that's bigger than you. So I say... You know, so many people are caught up in, well, I'm not passionate about doing that. Well, I don't even care. What are you passionate about? Who are you passionate for? Be passionate about who you're doing it for or why you're doing it. Are you funding adoptions? Are you funding... are you funding clean water? Are you, I know you're passionate about pet adoption and and pet care and pet safety. And so what are you passionate about funding? Be passionate about that and get over your comfort zone for a few minutes. Get over what you think you deserve and instead say, who deserves my best effort and how can I serve the world in a bigger way? Oh, wow. I am getting chills as I hear that. I I love that. And you know, I always say you're Southern sweet. And I, and I mean that as a compliment, (laughs) but like most of my Southern friends, it seems you can pack a wallop when needed. And you just did right there. And, uh, how how often is that wallop needed A, a lot, right? Or not? For myself. I mean, I'm as tough on myself. My mom will even tell you, my mom, who's probably harder on me than anybody on the planet will even say, 
Carrie doesn't expect anything from anyone else Mm. that she doesn't also expect from herself in a bigger measure. And so I would say the person I'm toughest on is myself. Now, that being said, I also give myself some grace and we start over and sometimes we reboot and we redo and we forgive ourselves and we move forward. But the fact is, you know, I have those external coaching conversations with myself too. And yes, out loud, I talk to myself out loud about my own bull, about my own excuses, about my own schedule and what's going on. So the wallop, sometimes I redirect myself 10, 15, 20 times a day. So as a matter of fact, I just made an appointment for some teacher conferences because my junior high kid needs some redirection and some tough love and to pack a a little wallop from mom at this point. Um, However, we will also have grace and we'll start over and we'll learn and move forward. Um, I think it boils down to this. The reason we get distracted, the reason we do ourselves a disservice or we let ourselves off the hook is because we think the days don't matter. And what I mean by that is this, we set an annual goal or a new year's resolution and we give ourselves 12 months. So then you wake up today and you say, well, it doesn't matter if I eat sugar today, I'll start over tomorrow or I've got the rest of the year. And so then tomorrow you wake up and you say, you know what? I've already blown it this week. Monday will be a great day to start because I have a birthday party this weekend and I've got, you know, I'm going out with some friends. So I'll start Monday. And before you know it, we've decided the days don't matter that only the year matters. So we fritter away the entire year. When we realize that the days matter in our relationships, in our spending, in our saving, in our work, in our goals, the days matter, everything changes. So I have stopped setting annual goals, which is really strange to hear a personal development person say that, but I've stopped setting annual goals. And instead I've started setting 12 week goals and sometimes even just six week goals. Because when you look at a six week goal and you divide that, that's 30, what, 42 days, right? Is that 42 days? I'm not, math is not my thing, but 42 days. Yes, yes, yes. And then you say, okay, and then I'm going to decide that every Sunday, you know, we eat as a family. So I always eat a little looser on Sunday. So really that's 36 days of really eating clean Mm -hmm. because I'm going to give myself Sunday to have a little slack. And so that's 36 days, but you know what? I have three business trips in there, two birthdays and a wedding. So let me substitute. You know what? I have 25 days to really make some headway on my weight loss or on my training or on my eating clean. I have, I have, you know, 20, 25, whatever that looks like days. All of a sudden, 25 days sounds like a lot less than six weeks. Right. We have 25 days. So does today matter? Yep, because it's 1 25th of my goal. (laughs) The days matter. The days matter with Katie's grades. The days matter with progress on your goal, progress on your eating, progress on your reading or your writing. You and I know we write books and the days matter for those deadline counts. So I think that's why we need to be redirected because we get so lost in the year that we haven't focused on the day. Wonderful point. Wonderful point. Now, I want to look at two big things you did. You and Eddie paid off over six figures in debt. Yeah. Uh, You lost over 120 pounds. 145 now. 145. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm wasting away. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, don't do that. But uh, (laughs) because I always think you look great. (laughs) But how... How does a person manage to, I mean, I, I know, yeah, I'm sure you're going to go back to the days, but I mean, there's also a, a, even more of a mindset in there. There's got to be. It's just, it's too big to not have something special going on there. What What is it? I think it goes back to what matters and you can't, mm. 
I think if you say I want to lose 145 pounds, you immediately kind of give up. It's so big. Oh, sure. It's so big. You know, it, I think it really does. You have to back it up to, okay, my first goal is to fit better in this outfit. And my next goal is to get down to, you know, what I weighed when I delivered the baby. And then my next goal, you know, you have to break it up so that the goals matter. Otherwise, one pound out of 145, I mean, nobody even notices till you've lost 50, really. So you can't even base it on compliments or external validation or you give up before you get started. So it does become about the days. And what I started doing two years ago, and I've dropped 70 pounds in the last two years. And what I really started doing two years ago that I think mattered the most, and this is when it kind of started occurring to me that the days matter. I started weighing daily. And a lot of people will tell you that's insane. But I started weighing daily and writing it down. And then next to it, with no judgment, but writing next to it, what had gone on the day before. Like, was I on a plane? Did I have a lot of salt? Did I have Chinese food? Uh, did I drink a soda? Did I? What did I do the day before that kind of helped me explain why that number was where the number was? And then I saw that those numbers may not be moving daily, but they started moving like weekly or monthly. And then I could start looking at the patterns and say, okay, well, it tends to do this when I'm traveling and it tends to do this when uh, we're hol having holidays. And, and so then I, that's where I taught myself that the days matter and the ounces matter. So last year is a good example. I lost 13 pounds. Now, a lot of people would go, well, 13 pounds is nothing. That's like a pound a month. And nobody on January 1st says, I want to lose 13 pounds this year. Nobody says that. It's too small. And it's, mm -hmm. it's. It's too slow, but by deciding that my daily decisions mattered and my tracking mattered, um, actually my body changed way more than 13 pounds. My, my skin is still adjusting. My health is still changing. Um, and, and my body's kind of catching up to what happened the year before. So we can't really just say, oh, the 13 pounds, that doesn't really even matter. Whereas before I would have said that, I would have made a joke about, gosh, my, my weight fluctuates 13 pounds in a month. You know, I would have done that before and dismissed it. But now I'm seeing every, every bite, every day, every measurement matters. And we get overwhelmed by the big stuff. And therefore we neglect the small stuff. And the small stuff is what makes the biggest changes. Wow. And you know, it's interesting, all these principles you're, you're talking about for something very, very personal is, is exactly congruent with building a business. Yep. You know, it's the same success principles that are, that are, are so uh, transferable. Yes. Well, Carrie Wilkerson, you are absolutely so awesome. And uh, <laughs> I'm so, so Glad to have you with us. You are the Barefoot Executive, author of a, a best-selling book by the same title. You're a, a coach, world-class speaker, and I'm going to suggest people. We we had you into our event when we used to have a, a, a yearly right. uh, go-giver event. I think we had you in twice, actually, and you yes, were so you good did. we had you back. One of the few we, we had, we always had great speakers, and we'd be glad to have them back, but you we actually had back, and, and you just uh, blew everyone away. You were fantastic. Have Carrie in to speak at your next major conference if you are putting on conferences, you'll be glad you did. And I would just say to everyone, check out everything that Carrie does <laughs> at CarrieWilkerson.com, all in the show notes. Thank you, my friend. And as always, carry on. Carry on.
Main takeaway I received from Carrie is that if you have a big enough reason to do something, you'll find a way to do it. How do you do in that regard? Are you able to, as Carrie suggested, connect the dots between the why and the do? Please feel free to write to me at bobatberg.com and let me know. We might even share your email on an upcoming program. Remember, the Go-Giver makes an excellent gift to those in your life in order to help them lead better, sell more, and touch the lives of more people in positive and significant ways. Visit thegogiver.com and check out the new expanded edition of the book. And while you're there, check out John David Mann's and my newest book, The Go-Giver Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review, and your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The Go-Giver podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The Go-Giver Way, Five Principles for Creating a Culture of Excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.